from the same station that invented radio with subtitles. This is the elixir of eternal youth, a worldly story told by a group of travellers, a history of Brisbane, Australia and the world. This is Radio in Colour. A special documentary series to celebrate four decades of... Four, 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 triple, 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 Z. Because everything sort of stopped and work was called off, we used to spend our afternoons on a picnic rug down by the river on South Bank, sort of like under the Captain Cook Bridge, like between the Goodwill Bridge and the Captain Cook Bridge. And we thought that we were the only ones who had this idea to like go down to the river and watch all the objects float past and try and guess what they were. It became kind of like a drinking game. Like we'd go down with some beers and sit on the rug in the afternoon and like point at stuff and try and figure out what it was. And when we got there, it was packed. <laughs> like it was like a carnival and everyone was doing the same thing as us. So we'd see these like giant shapes go past, like mostly submerged in the river and at huge speed as well. It was really incredible how quickly the river was flowing. And we, everyone would be like, it's a fridge, it's a pontoon, it's a car, it's a cow, shit, I don't know what it is. So that was kind of fun, like everyone sitting around just yelling out. But one of the things when we were there in the afternoon that we did see go past was like one of those giant... Um, gas tanks like they have at service stations like as big as a truck like a really 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 big one that came floating down the river and I remember there was like this hush settled over the crowd as it it was aiming for the um the pylons of the Captain Cook Bridge and no one knew like if it was going to hit them or if it, or if it was going to pass through um but anyway it, it, yeah it ended up passing through it was a really tense moment though so I think everyone took a big drink after that happened Blood Buzz Brisbane, Sunset Sounds, 5th of January, 2011. Did you hear the dams are full? It's flooding out west, but this is Brisbane, and in the botanic gardens among fig trees and shaggy palms, the crowd has mostly forgotten raincoats. Everyone's drinking. I'm sticking to water. You'd think this was deep north, but above slick branches, silver towers light the storm clouds, lining up to drench us. A flying fox. Ghosts overhead, as the National take the garden stage. One of the brothers says, we're excited to be here. And the crowd agrees. People are in the trees. And then, guitars, keyboard, drums, brass, vocals. One, two, three songs, and with every cold raindrop, life gets better. I'm an be loving your life in the rain. People laugh and hoot, raise plastic cups. This is Brisbane. The dams are never full. Last song now and the band sings terrible love. Down, down, down it comes, bringing the singer with it. 
our shoes sloshing in inches of water among the golden fig trees, and the silhouettes of people drowning in sound and light, and voices cracking with pleasure as the stage crew mop, and the whole crowd knows the words. New suit soaked, but so what, and so wet and tipsy, we spill out onto Alice Street, and all the streets are rivers, no really, all the streets are rivers, and the sky is open. This is Brisbane, and the dams, the dams are full. an ocean and a river between everybody else and everything yourself and home you put an ocean and a river between everything yourself and home you must be somewhere in London you must be loving your life in the rain you must be somewhere in London walking every lane I don't even think to me I don't even think to me I don't even think to me Correction Famous angels never come through England England gets the ones you some music get into eco radio but um just uh want to send our thoughts and our love out there to those people that are doing it hard so there'll be some radios on hopefully for those people who've got power or batteries left um as you're scrubbing up know that our thoughts are with you um and um and that we'll be doing our best on triple z to support um the relief effort to support you 
um, in the rebuilding to support you in, um, in keeping your strength and, um, and, and vibration up. So more on that later. warning Toowoomba residents to stay indoors, but they are telling people living near the Lockyer Creek around Gatton or downstream to evacuate immediately. People have already been rescued from the roofs of their homes as the water surge inundates everything in its path. objects here that relate to one another. Carmen Burton, Assistant Curator at the Queensland Museum. We've got a pilot's helmet, a pair of pilot's gloves. We've got a rescue harness and a rescue strop. And all of these objects were used to rescue people in Grantham in the Lockyer Valley uh, at the time when that big inland flood happened. So um, they were, the helmet and the gloves were worn by Mark Kempton, chief helicopter pilot um, for the state emergency services. And it was him and his crew of guys who rescued 28 people in two hours when they got the message to get out there and help people. They had fuel tank full of fuel, which would last them about two hours. They managed to rescue that many people in that really short amount of time in very dangerous conditions. got uh, one, two, three, four objects here that relate to one another. Carmen Burton, Assistant Curator at the Queensland Museum. We've got a pilot's helmet, a pair of pilot's gloves. We've got a rescue harness and a rescue strop. And all of these objects were used to rescue people in Grantham in the Lockyer Valley uh, at the time when that big inland flood happened. So um, they were, the helmet and the gloves were worn by Mark Kempton, chief helicopter pilot um, for the state emergency services. And it was him and his crew of guys who rescued 28 people in two hours when they got the message to get out there and help people. They had fuel tank full of fuel, which would last them about two hours. They managed to rescue that many people in that really short amount of time in very dangerous conditions.
this uniform tells us a lot about the important work that emergency services staff do in Queensland during these, these natural disasters and events. But it's also caused a new Today, from Regatta to the Go Between, the river has risen, cut Coro in three. Muddy flood waters flirt with fretwork, wrought iron quoted in cloying river silt. Coros handed over to babies in strollers. Rollerbladers weave along white dotted lines, vying with cyclists for six-lane supremacy. Our house wasn't directly affected, so I was living in a big share house in Highgate Hill, but it was just on the border with West End. And we were up the hill enough that we were never threatened by the floodwaters. So in a lot of ways, our house felt like a bit of a refuge and a bit of a sanctuary. And it was just that we were living in this city that was still functioning in some ways and in other ways had shut down. So life sort of felt like it was held in suspension and that felt really strange. Cricket on Coro. They're playing cricket on Coronation Drive. Usually at this time, it's six lanes shudder. Droning streams of cars and buses crawl like metal insects, cheek by engine cowl, heat shimmer mingling with the petrol haze. A forex crate has become a wicket. A man cradles the last tinny, his blue jacky hair was faded as the cloth sofa he sits on. He's a seated second slip. Either side, the once plump arms of the sofa complete the cordon. If he can't put his tinny down in time, the faded blue cushions won't drop the catch. His son takes guard. There's a new rule today, no shots to leg. A pull shot will be swallowed up, disappear in the deep. Gorged and swollen, the river's unforgiving. It will carry the catch, past treetops poking leaves above frothing waters, past barrels and branches jostling against stanchions, past pontoons swept downstream like flimsy matchboxes, all the way to Vulture Street, and the place of whirling waters. One thing that did happen was that we had a couple of friends who did live by the riverbank who came to stay with us. So suddenly our share house of five people became a share house of 11 people um, just for the few days of the floods. And although in some ways, you know, like it's not a house that's set up for 11 people, so it was a little crowded and uncomfortable, it was also a beautiful series of days. Like there was always someone in the kitchen cooking food for everyone there was a real sense of camaraderie between people. There was a lot of emotional support going on, going on, a lot of conversations that we wouldn't normally have. We stayed up really late at night drinking bottles of wine together, just like 
all this wonderful, wonderful stuff um, that was the side effect of the floods, and that was so much the feeling of how people were coming together in these giant share houses during the floods. It's like we were coming together in a spirit of, of really, really building community in a way that I haven't seen it before. Or... That was Fern Thompson, who in 2011 was the announcer for the Waxing Lyrical Programme. You might recognise Fern's voice as well from her many years in Radio Reversal on Thursday mornings. So float on down to the river bank Don't be breaking down Here's a yours to take So we float on down to the river bank Don't be breaking down Here's a yours to take Don't be breaking down It's a yours to take So these two poems are written following the floods in January 2011 in Brisbane. I lived in Auckland Flair at the time, and so it was cut off for three days. And uh, it was it was dramatic how we essentially went back 200 years in a few hours, had no electricity, couldn't see in the light wells, could hear everyone's conversations from across the road because there was no noise, had this vast lake in front of us, which used to be the football pitch. Uh, and it struck me how dependent we are on power and electricity and how very quickly we can regress and one of the few things you could do was go for a walk because there was nothing else to do and we went I went for a walk along Coronation Drive and you know this huge artery of traffic that comes from the western suburbs was suddenly a cricket pitch and babies were wandering up and down in the middle of the highway and people were rollerblading and cycling and and in essence having a bit of a party because there was nothing else to do And I remember walking past this family and they must have dragged this sofa out from their house and they had this completely decrepit uh, blue sofa uh, and the father was sitting there having a drink a bit and his, and his son and his daughter and his wife were playing cricket but they were limited in what they could do because this river was surging past them so if they'd played a conventional game of cricket and hit the ball to the leg side it would have disappeared and you would never have seen it again. So it was a very kind of restrained and restricted game of cricket, but it was just fun to see people having a game of cricket in the middle of this six-lane highway that brings all this traffic into Brisbane because there was nothing else to do and there was nothing else they could do. So they just had a family day playing cricket. And that just struck me as a, as a, as a metaphor, another metaphor for well, what the flood did. You, you basically had to be part of a family and part of a community and look after each other because you couldn't get out. So that was the the Cricket on Cora poem, that's where that came from, and it also gives me a chance to indulge in my love for cricket.
can I say to Queenslanders everywhere, uh, wherever you are, uh, if you are, and I, so many so many places to list. If you're in central Queensland, if you're in southwest Queensland, if you're in western Queensland, if you're in the Burnett region, the Darling Downs, Toowoomba, the Lockyer Valley, Ipswich, or Brisbane, all of those places have been affected by floods. And I say to every one of the people in those areas and to Queenslanders in other parts of the state, as we weep for what we have lost, and as we grieve for family and friends and we confront the challenge that is before us. I want us to remember who we are. We are Queenslanders. We're the people that they breed tough north of the border. We're the ones that they knock down and we get up again. I said earlier this week that this weather may break our hearts and it is doing that, but it will not break our will. And in the coming weeks and the coming months, we are going to prove that beyond any doubt. Together, we can pull through this and that's what I'm determined to do and with your help we can achieve it. Thank you. different 
Um, and I've been really interested in, you know, other people's houses or other people's friends and their reactions to it that you can see so vividly in our photos we've taken. And how can people go about donating their photos? Well, all they need to do is to bring a framed print of their photos to Avid Reader Bookshop, which is 193 Boundary Street, West End. Uh, and then they can drop it at the counter. They have to have a little card with it which says who they are and what the, the title of their photo is so that um, people know who took the photo and have, a, have something to call it. Um, and that needs to be dropped to us before the 29th of, or by the 29th of January because uh, we're going to get straight onto this and have the exhibition um, in February. So if people can drop us down, all you need to do is get it printed out. Use your, a local place, if you can, that prints um, photos because we know it's really important to support the local businesses who've been affected by this. You know, even if the businesses haven't been flooded, um, their trading has been down and they're struggling. So, you know, get it printed out at a, um, a local place that prints photographs. Um, get a frame from, you know, a, a local chemist or um, if you have to, you know, go out to Ikea and get one of those cheap frames from there, whack it in a frame, drop it at the counter at Avid Reader with your name and um, the title of the photo and we'll make sure they get hung for our February exhibition. Thanks very much, Chrissy. Is there anything else that you'd like to include? No, just that um, we were really happy to be spared from um, the worst of the flood and we're just really proud that we're part of this community who's responded so well. Coordinator at Avid Reader tells us a bit about the photographic exhibition Avid Reader will hold during February with donated photos and the profits of the sale of these going to the Premier's flood appeal. vulnerability to climate um, is something that's very real in, in Queensland. Um, you know, we see it with floods and, you know, the extremes of temperature and, and so on. Um, so people people take that very seriously. One of the things that was very striking to me, both through the work that I did uh, with Griffiths Review, but also for a time I, was, I chaired the Queensland Design Council, one of the things was how you actually engage with people in an environment where the lived experience of living in that place is quite recent for a lot of people. So, you know, during a lot of that period of the um, early 2000s, you still had populations increasing in Queensland. You know, it was a 1,000 people a week or something or other coming into Queensland and, and settling. And one of the things that became very clear in terms of dealing with those weather emergencies that, that we've had to deal with, because people didn't have a lot of stored and deep local knowledge um, about what you did in the cyclone or how you dealt with, you know, these extremes, that, that that sheer education process is something which really has to be taken very seriously and engage with probably in a way that's different um, in a, um, a state where there's not so much movement of, of population. 
So just getting people to think about what this might mean and how you can deal with it and how you can mitigate it and how you can you know, make a contribution that makes your life and the life of others more secure is a, is a really complex question in a, in, a, in a place that's changing as quickly as, as Queensland did during that, that decade. My name is Julianne Schultz. I'm the editor, the founding editor of Griffith Review, um, which is published by Griffith University in conjunction with Text Publishing, um, and we started it in 2003. In the 74 flood, the water went right over the roof uh, and it took a long time for the water to go down and we went to stay with some people over the other side of the lake. So were you here as the flood was coming? Yes, I was sitting on a chair in the living room and I saw the water coming in the, in the front door. It always flooded at the end of Graceful Avenue. We went across the road to some people that had a higher house, that was two storage sort of, and we just watched the water come and then... Uh, a friend came over with a boat and because we, we didn't realise that the water, what was going to happen, we'd lived here for 25 years. Quite it never before. flooded. Water had come into the street and then gradually the water just rose and rose. Anyhow, Mal came over with a boat and came in and got our papers out. And, um, what pa- oh, your important your papers? Your po- important papers. Uh, and we stayed there for... Know, until the water went down and I think the water stayed up longer well it did than it did this time and um, we came back and had to clean all the mud out but we had lots of help from relatives and friends and the army particularly and we just once it was all cleaned out uh, we just came back I had an uncle at the time that took a lot of furniture he was a cabinet maker and the lounge suite, I had it recovered and re-upholstered and um, we just made do. Very much different from this time. So much was thrown out this time which was unnecessary. I mean, it was a different time and uh, we just hung on to as much as we could. So this is a recording of Betty Applegate uh, on the 15th of May 2012 and we're here as part of the Chelma Graceful Oral History Story Project. Uh, Well now this time there was a lot of talk. This was on the Tuesday right. after the after Christmas and they came over on the that was the day of the flood. No, oh no, Gillian rang and she said, Betty, the water's come up higher under the bridge. We couldn't get around underneath it. So Dale's coming over to get you. 
I was having physio on my arm and the physio came in about 12 and I said, look, I can't do this now. I said, I've got to collect all these things. She said, okay, I'll help you. I had a plastic bag and I was picking up photos and things. She said, have you got some pillowcases? I said, yes. She said, get those. So we walked around and put all these pictures in the pillowcases and so we filled it up with those sorts of things and the computer and uh, and the TV and things like that. But I, I was, I don't know, I must have been stupid because there were lots of things I didn't pick up. I didn't pick up my clock and I didn't pick up my little radio and, you know, I, I, I think... There were people kept ringing me saying, are you all right, or the water's coming up. And every time I'd go to get something, the phone would ring and anyhow. But Noel did come back and um, we filled up the car with what I knew from the 74 flood that you didn't need to worry about china and linen. It can all be washed. And we couldn't take furniture any rate. So well it's got to go it's got to go I'm sorry about some things I didn't pick up because they're gone so I went over to stay with them uh, and um, then the water came up but but it went down more quickly than the previous time Triple Z Aussie Live on Local Show and I have a lovely young lady here called Georgie who is nine years old and when the floods were on she decided to write a song. So hello Georgie, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> that was a very uh, creative thing to do I have to say. I just, because I really like writing stories and I really like singing so I thought I'd mix them together and create a song. So. Yeah. And you you heard about the floods? Yeah, because um, they were like watching news there and I was getting really worried because it said that Oxley was one of the um, suburbs yeah. where I live and yeah. Fairfield and all the places where my family lived and my yeah. friends and I was just getting really worried so yeah. it was like my way to express my feelings. Yeah, yeah, and you didn't even know at the time that your own home was um, being flooded, did you? Um. Well... I guess I kind of expected it to be flooded, but I didn't think it was going to be that bad. Like, I just thought it would go to the garage and the laundry bit, but it washed out the whole laundry and it came up to our floorboards upstairs. Yeah. It was a bit scary, but... So you, you wrote a song, and then what did you do? Go around and sing it to people and, and ask for donations or something <laughs> like that? Um, not exactly. I just wrote the song to, to have fun. I didn't... I wasn't actually thinking at the time to go show do it, sing it to people. But um, my auntie Gaylene, she um, she helped me with the song a bit, and all the people up there helped me with the song a bit, and so um, yeah.
sun and run all through the weather that I'm under for the feeling that I lost today. Summer sun and run for the feeling that I lost today. You must be somewhere in London. You must be loving your life in the rain. You must be somewhere in London. I'm Jenny Woodward from ABC Television here in Queensland and I've been the weather presenter here for more than 20 years. So as you can imagine, I've reported on a lot of floods over that time. Floods are a mixed blessing. Inevitably, there are lives lost and properties lost and stock and wildlife suffer and there's all sorts of topsoil is washed away and fences destroyed. But um, of course we need the floods to fill up the dams and the lakes and of course go into the underground water uh, reserves. Certainly in the time that I've been doing the weather in Queensland, I've seen that ebb and flow of water across the state many, many times. He has played in a couple of bands around Brisbane um, and a friend of ours, Sean, was also staying because her house was maybe going to be affected by the floods. And so one day, sort of for lack of anything better to do, the two of them were jamming in the living room and I walked past. I, I play violin and I was playing in a, in a couple of other bands at the time um, and they said, oh, Fern, why don't you pull out your fiddle? Like, no one's got anything better to do. Just come and have a jam on this song. And so I did, and it was one of those... In music, people talk about chemistry, where you jam with someone and suddenly it just sort of seems to click, like it feels like you can predict the next thing that they're going to play or get a sense of where they're going or what the mood should be. And it was just sort of like that, and so we ended up jamming all afternoon, just in the living room with the city, you know, suspended outside us. And at the end of the floods, once the waters had subsided, we realised that we'd made something kind of magical... And so we kept it going. So we formed the Rusty Datsun very much thanks to the floods. And in fact, a couple of the songs we wrote during the floods still carry the floods in their name. So our first EP that we put out, the title of the EP is called Let It Rain. And Let It Rain is a song, one of the first songs that we jammed during the floods. Um, and it's on our second album, which is called Riverbank, <laughs> funnily enough. There are, they've become our Genesis myth was, you know, the, these few days in Brisbane when nothing was moving outside and we just came together and something happened that just... I really just don't think it would have happened if it, if it hadn't been for the floods. I don't think we would have had that time. I don't think we would have been, like, living outside our normal habits and routines in the way that we were for those few days. So, yeah, that was the story of our band. <laughs> the morning sun and stay up all of the day long 
one of the most beautiful things I've ever witnessed, I think. Like people would come together to like shovel mud out of the driveways of strangers or do food deliveries to the volunteers who were down working by the riverbanks or like I remember doing like a two or three AM run just before the river peaked to my best friend's house to like save all of her moleskin journals which might have been affected by the floodwaters and just all of these things became the norm, you know, where normally there'd be exceptions to the rule. And so I think our music was similar. I think that, yeah, I think it came out of that spirit of like hanging together and like showing each other the tender sides of our hearts and mutual support. Watch the clouds until when we reach our destination. guys play do not require any amplification yeah that was that was absolutely part of it so we lost power at our house uh only briefly but yeah we still lost power during a part of the floods and so yeah there was no potential that when we jammed it could have been anything other than just the three of us playing acoustically together in a dark living room <laughs> so i play fiddle um, Sean plays guitar and ukulele and does most of the singing. Al plays guitar, ukulele and banjo and sings as well. And then since the band formed, um, Sean also picked up banjo. Um, so yeah, the two of them are multi-instrumentalists and I just stuck to the fiddle the whole way through. And the sky Table. It's a teak turntable, probably made in the 1970s or 80s, but it's not significant for the type of turntable that it is. It's significant because it went through the flood. It was donated to us. Carmen Burton at the Queensland Museum. It was found in someone's backyard in their shed after the floodwaters receded and in its muddied state. And as you can see, it's it's just an old turntable. It's got mud, a layer of thick mud cracked over the top of it. I think when you look at it, it has an immediate impact. It has the um, capacity to bring back those memories of 
the mud and the you know the, the muddy water and what it did to everyday household objects. So after the flood happened the museum wanted to do a display on the flood and maybe look at the previous floods that have happened and um, looked in the collection to see what we had and to our surprise we didn't really have much and I think this object would have been thrown out. So all of those everyday things, you, you saw volunteers throwing stuff out on the street, taking it to the rubbish tip, and this would have been one of them. A lot of things were disposed of, um, so it was really difficult. It was a challenge for us to collect objects that, that represented the flood, but we have been able to with this one, and I think it's authentic. So 
towers the sun You've been listening to Radio in Colour, a special documentary series to celebrate 40 years of community broadcasting in Brisbane. This show is a co-production between Radios 4EB and, and 4ZZZ. This episode was recorded at The Edge Studios within the State Library of Queensland. Special thanks to our guests today, Julianne Schultz, who is the editor of the Brisbane-based independent ideas magazine, The Griffith Review. Carmen Burton, who is an assistant curator with the Queensland Museum. Fern Thompson, who is the fiddle in the band, the Ratsy Dutsons, whose music you heard throughout, as well as a former announcer with 4ZZZ. You heard the poetry of Chris Lynch and Yannicka Malwater, who describes playing cricket on Coronation Drive. The recording of Betty Applegate comes from the State Library of Queensland's oral history collection that gathers stories from the 2011 Brisbane floods. You're tuned in to Radio 4 Z. If you'd like to listen back to our stories and learn more about the people that you heard from today, you can find us on Facebook or you can subscribe to our shows on iTunes. Well, I felt like a horse underwater You give me the goodbye love Sink it like a concrete flamingo In these desperate hours Radio in Color was produced by me, Carolina Caliaba, Kim Stewart, Stephen Rigaud and a group of production trainees from around the world. Dirty water.
Dirty.